0: Hey there Traveller and welcome to Peace in the Promise pod. I'm your host Marembé aka Peace in the Promise and I am so glad that you found your way here. It's my hope that through the sharing of my many tales and stories of roads travel you may come to know that you are not alone in this walk, and that peace truly is attainable right now whether you are in the wilderness or in the land of promise. Happy listening and remember that every experience is unique. Alright, hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Peace in the Promise Pod. I am your host Marembe and today I am actually seated in my car. I am hiding out from my kids because it's like 9.30 and this is the only time that I've been able to find to record this stuff. But I'm getting it done. I'm legit sitting in my car and just hoping that my kids don't hear me. My husband just put my son to sleep and my daughter went my daughter went to sleep not long ago, but Um, Yes, but we are here and we are talking and we are going to do this podcast. (laughs) But today I just wanted to talk a bit about my salvation story and anyone who hears that and they're like, what the heck, what do you mean salvation story? It pretty much means the time that I like, I guess, came to know Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. And that might sound cheesy, but it's just pretty much when I came to know Jesus and I actually had my first like real encounter with him, knowing him to be who he is if that makes sense, but I'll just explain it. And those of you who know, then you know, but those of you who don't know or who are yet to know, you know, maybe this will be an encouragement to you. But you anyway, I'm going to rewind back, 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 back. So I grew up in, I don't know, I, I don't know if I would call it like a, well, maybe when I was younger, um, we were like, I don't know if we were church. I would say we were church goers and stuff. But I knew my family was like in well involved, I guess, in the community. So community is not exclusive to church and stuff, but like, I guess we were like musical, we were a musical family. So we would always be performing like at different gigs and stuff like that. I was mainly, I was younger, so I was mainly just tagging along, but I would be like dancing in front of the stage and stuff like that. But I guess some of the things, some of the places that we'll play at would be churches and stuff like that. Um but I guess growing up I didn't really I didn't have a relationship with God I would say like a close and intimate one I didn't really know what that was I just I just believed that there was God and you know I'll pray and I would just do all that stuff but I didn't think I I don't think I really had a personal relationship with Jesus himself in that time I just kind of was like yeah there's God and yeah I'll just I'll pray and stuff and yeah that's that's what I'll do but <laughs> I didn't really have an intimate relationship with Jesus so I went to faith-based schools mainly and I guess, like, it wasn't really, like, I don't know, like, I was like, yeah, this is cool, but I wasn't really thinking of them being a thing, like, I was just like, yeah, this is just school, and yeah, like, I believe there's God and stuff, so it just wasn't really a big deal, and you know, it's just kind of like, they teach you religion and stuff, so you kind of just learn it just, like, to learn a subject, you know what I mean? It wasn't like I was learning it to then have a relationship. Yeah, but anyway, for me personally, I can remember especially getting into high school, and maybe, like, late high school, the end of high school, into uni, um, like, you know, when you're just kind of, you know, I guess really in that initial phase of discovering yourself and all of that. So I think I was quite um, influenced, I guess, by my upbringing because we were quite, like... um you know, uh, factual people, I guess, more on the logical side, so we would, like, we, um, we had, like, a home library, like, we would be reading books that were encyclopedias, so, like, my reading as, like, a kid, like, if I was bored, like, mum and dad would like, go and read a book, so I'd have to, like, you know, I'd memorize, like, the encyclopedias, and I would legit, I remember reading the dictionary and, like, scrolling through the dictionary and memorizing words as a kid, so, like, knowledge was something that was really, I guess, it was a, a big value in our family, like, just seeking knowledge and always learning and having continuous learning. So I remember um, as I grew, you know, older, a bit older, I don't know, I just wasn't, it wasn't like I was looking for God. I don't think I was looking for him because I didn't think I needed to look for him. I just think I thought I already knew him. And I was like, yeah, there's God, like, but, you know, there's, like, a higher power kind of thing. And, you know, all religions have, like, um, they all have a basis and all of that. So I was kind of like not exclusive. I was just kind of like, yeah, everything makes sense and everything is possible and they all probably are, uh, you know, they all probably are based in some truth and it's just the way that people explain things in their, you know, uh, respective cultures. That's kind of the mindset that I had. But I was like, yeah, there is something up there like God or whatever, but like, you know, everyone just is, each culture has their own understanding of it and all of that. So that's kind of what um, mentality that I had. Um, And then... <laughs> I remember getting into my relationship with um, my now husband, I was like 15, 16 years old and he, like his, my father-in-law is a pastor, so he's a, you know, a pastor's kid, you know, obviously like they went to, like they were, they were, you know, going to church every Sunday, sometimes they would go to two or three services, they had bible studies, they had intercession, they had an intercession night, me, I'm like what the heck is all of this stuff, like I'm not, you know wasn't like I didn't discourage him from going or anything but I was like you know I'm not about that life kind of thing like you do you that's cool you do what you got to do but you know me I, I I'm not into that stuff so I remember in the beginning of our relationship he would like always be inviting me to church and saying yeah you should come to this and I'm kind of like why are you trying to make me go like you know what I mean until it got to a point where I was like look like you do what you got to do but me that's not me so stop pressuring me to come to church pretty much and then from there like he stopped um And I was like, oh, thank God. And I remember we would have just discussions about certain things. Like, he would be like, oh, what do you think about this? Or maybe something would pop up and we'd just start having a conversation about it. And we definitely had different, very different views. Um, But I find it funny because I was so, like, I was like, nah, fam, that's not for me. Like, you guys are, like, intense. I remember I think I went to a church service, like, a couple of times. And then I was like, you guys are, like, so intense. Like, what the heck? Like, everyone's, like, praying for each other. And it was, like, a whole (laughs) If you're saved, you know. I think it was one of those intercession nights. So they all start praying for each other. Someone's laying hands. Peeps be falling over. And I was like, what the heck is going on? I have never experienced this in my life. (laughs) I'm there freaking out inside. Someone's like, hey, do you want me to pray for you? This is how you speak in tongues. I'm there like, heck no. I don't even know what you're talking about. I need to get the heck out of here. So I would legit hide in the sound box if he invited me to come. And then, like, sometimes, like, I wouldn't even know we're going. Like, it's like, oh, we're going to go here, but we're just passing by church. So I'm thinking passing by, we're just going to, you know, drop off something. But no, we're there. So I'm like, look, I'm not about to be involved in this. So I would hide in the sound box. I would sit in the sound box until the thing was over. And I'm like, look, I'm asleep here. You guys do what you got to do. Me, I'm bouncing. and you know what, that was my experience, and that was me, that was my real self, I was like, look, I'm not about this life, but all the while, even before these encounters, you know, like, God was planting seeds, and he was just kind of calling me to him, so it was, I find it so funny, because I always find, like, right before, this was my experience anyway, but, like, right before God calls you, that's almost, like, when I was the most resistant, that's when I was like, no, like, I don't want to come to church, I don't want to do this stuff, I'm not, into this stuff. And you know what? That's fair enough. Cause I was on my own journey. It couldn't have been, no one could have forced me. No one could have pressured me. So in fact, the times that, um, my now husband in the times that he would be like, I felt like he was pressuring me. That was the time where I most didn't want to go. You know, I was like, why are you pressuring me? Even if you just mentioned it, I'm like, stop pressuring me. I don't want to go. Fast forward. I think there was a time I don't remember specifics and I used to keep so many journals and I've still got them, but I've just never had the time to read through them and just really see what was going on in this time. But I just remember there being a shift. So after my, you know, my now husband, then boyfriend backed off, then something was just stirring up within me. I was just like, something is different. I don't know what's going on, but something feels different. I remember I was just one day I was in my sister's room. I think she was at uni or something, but I was just on her laptop and I was just watching YouTube videos. So I think somebody had shared a video on Facebook of Megan Good and Devon Franklin and I loved Megan Good because I was like a whole what 17, 16, 17 years old and I was like Megan Good is so awesome. I was 17. I was like Megan Good is so amazing. She's so awesome. Like I'm so inspired by her. I thought she was so cool. So someone shared a video of her and her husband Devon Franklin and now her husband is a pastor. Um, So I don't know something just led me to watch it and I just watched it and from watching that one video I just went onto YouTube and I just began watching video after video after video of like their interviews together. And I don't know what it was. I don't know what captured me. Well, at the time, I didn't know what captured me, but something just captivated me about their relationship. And I think now in hindsight I think it was me really seeing the love of Christ being shown and displayed. And that just even now when I think about it it makes me like emotional like in in the best way possible because you know that was God's intention for marriage, right? Like marriage is supposed to be a reflection of his relationship with the church of Christ's relationship with the church. And I could just sincerely see in that relationship in the interviews that I saw that he just truly Lay his life down for her, like Devon Frank, like he, the way that he loved her, even in spite of, you know, the world critiquing her and the church critiquing her and just having all this stuff to say, his love for her remained unwavering. And there was something that I think they'd said in an interview Megan Good was saying, she was like, um, there was one thing that he said to me that kind of let me know that, you know, he was the one for me kind of thing. And she said that he told her that, you know, even if Like, you never change. Even if, like, you know, you remain exactly as you are right now. I love you. I love you for you. Um, And even when she was saying that in the interview, she began crying. And it's just that, that pure love that, like, you know what? I love you as you are. You know, whether you're in a mess, whether you're whatever you are, like, I love you. And that, that, that interview, hearing and seeing and just being able to perceive that kind of love, the Holy Spirit was just working through it. And guess what happened with me? Next minute, I'm here on the floor, repenting, crying, just like full on laid out. It was just an absolutely supernatural experience. I cannot explain to you how I ended up kneeling down, how I ended up knowing what repentance was. I did not know, you know, I didn't think anyone had taught me. Maybe it was just the seeds being planted, you know, the schooling that I'd gone to, maybe the couple of church services I went to, whatever it was, I was poured out and I just like... It was as if in that moment, like, the veil was being removed, you know what I mean? Like, the scales that were blinding me, like, I could now see, and I could really now see Jesus, who had been standing there the whole time, but I had been blinded to him, but it was just like, in that moment, I had a supernatural awareness of the presence of God in that room (laughs) where I was, watching these random YouTube videos, (laughs) and that was enough to just get me to my knees, and I was just like... It was just an awareness of his presence, of his love, of his glory, of his righteousness. And I was just like, it's like your life flashes before you. And it's like you realizing all the sins that you have committed, but not in a way that condemns. It's almost just like an awareness, like you are aware of your sin, but you are also aware of his love for you. So you're like, I'm aware of all, I've suddenly become aware of all these things that I never used to think were a thing. I never used to think were, you know, an issue, but now it's like suddenly I can see, but I can also see his love overshadowing that his love is consuming, that his love is, you know, completely like, it's just indescribable. So in that moment, I just repented and I cried, I sobbed and it was just like not a sobbing of being sad, but it was just this supernatural experience. And then, like, my whole family's, like, I think it was my mum and dad and whatever, were in the, in the dining room. I don't even think they know what's going on. I'm out here in my sister's room, like, oh, <laughs> on the floor, <laughs> repenting of my sins. And I just felt like a new woman. I just knew in that moment that was the moment that God met with me. That was the moment that I got saved. I just know that for me, like, no one laid hands on me. No one said anything or whatever. But I was legit in my sister's bedroom, on her laptop, watching YouTube videos of Megan Good and Devon Franklin. And that, you know, was my supernatural encounter with God that led me to him. So I just want to encourage you, like sometimes, I don't know, sometimes you can hear all these deep stories and you're like, ah, but then my story was so basic or my story was, it doesn't sound like that. Or I don't feel like this big old thing that everyone's talking about. Just know that your story is your story. And will not, it might not even sound like my story. It might not sound like the next person's but it's your story, you know. And along the way, I was semi-new in the faith and I remember sharing this salvation story with somebody and I remember I was discouraged because the person was like, no, like, that's not right kind of thing. Like, that's not good. Like, the way that he said that he would love her the way she was, that's not good. And I remember feeling a bit shaken in my faith, but I remember, you know, it took time for me to grow and learn that, no, that is literally, that is the love of Christ. And sometimes we forget that love that, you know, it's not about us then, having to prove and then do these things and then he loves us no we have a standard that we have to live up to but he loves us regardless it's like my kids you know I love them regardless if they do something wrong I'll correct them and yes I know to show them the right way but it doesn't change the fact that I still love them do you know what I mean but yeah like after that I remember then literally I reached out to my boyfriend at the time and I was like hey like can I come visit and he's like you know that we've got a church service and I was like yeah yeah I know And then he was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So I went and I don't even remember that night, but I think I just went and it was like a Wednesday night Bible study. And I went to service and like from there, it was just a 360. I think I went to, to the Sunday service that week and I stood up and I gave a testimony about how I just felt like God was calling me and that he called me and just sharing the story about how I was praying and I repented and everything. And my husband even filmed the video, like he filmed it when I was sharing the testimony Um, I wonder where, I need to ask him where it is because, yeah, it really was just a fresh, fresh saved moment. Like, yeah, honestly, like, I just thank God for that moment because there is an appointed time for everybody. God has an appointed time in which he's calling each person. And, you know, he might be calling you today. He might have already been wooing you, like, your whole life. Maybe you're already saved, you know, but... I just think it's such a special moment, you know, that first encounter that you have with God for yourself, you know, people might pressure you, people might force you, or you might feel like people are pressuring you or whatever, but ultimately, that's, it's, it's a thing that's between you and God, you know, it's like, you know, just think of it like a, re- a relationship on this earth, people can force you to be with somebody, but it, it needs to be the two of you that decide, you know, that you want to be together, you know, so in a similar sense, not the exact same way, but in a similar sense. You know, God can be pursuing you and calling you and people might be trying to nudge you towards him. But ultimately, you know, it's something between the two of you, you know. So, yeah, anyway, that was a bit of a random one, but I just thought it would be important to share my salvation story. And so much stuff has happened since then, but that's just the heart of, uh, I think, this podcast today, just how I got saved and, yeah, where I came from and where I am, you know. Um, No one could tell me, no one could force me, I was my own person, I had my own brain, I was like, nope, I'm a logical person, I don't think that this is accurate, I don't think it's possible for this and this and this to happen, but I tell you what, the stuff that I've experienced and encountered and the joy and the peace and the wisdom and the discernment and all of that stuff, like, that I've encountered since coming to Christ, like, it is Incomparable to anything, so (laughs) no one could shake me now, no one could persuade me otherwise. Like, there's just the the most supernatural knowing and awareness that comes with giving your life to Christ. Like, literally, it's just like the scales being removed from your eyes, and you just becoming aware of what is true and what is not, you know. So, yeah, that's my (laughs) podcast for today. I pray it's an encouragement to you, but be sure to check out my website peaceinthepromise.com and also be sure to follow my Instagram which is peaceinthepromise.hq. I also have um, peaceinthepromise.mag, peaceinthepromise.pod and peaceinthepromise.blog. If you go to peaceinthepromise.hq you'll be able to see all the other Instagrams and stuff. Check me out on YouTube and Facebook and um, just peaceinthepromise there as well. So yes, be encouraged, guys. It's a great day to be alive. I pray that you have, a, I pray that you have had the best day ever, and I pray that you can be able to spread some joy to someone else today. If you can't, just rest and know that God is good and that you can rest in His peace today, right? Um, but yeah, I think that's all. Anyway, until the next podcast, <laughs> peace. All music used is sourced from Ixon Music.